once again, and welcome to Be Boomer Unleashed. I'm Jerry Lake, the Unleashed Baby Boomer, and I'll be your host for today's episode and all the episodes of Be Boomer Unleashed. Today's episode, episode 118, Just Good News, journal entry number 16, is part two of a two-part interview with Mariana Ball as she talks with us about a project that she worked on that earned her an Emmy. Wow, Academy Award winner Mary Anna Ball that we're going to be uh, finishing up our interview there with today. Before we do that, though, let me remind you where you can always find our podcast. You can find us at bboomerunleashed.podbean.com. You can find us on iTunes or Google Play at bboomerunleashed, on iHeartRadio at b.boomerunleashed, on Facebook, Spotify, and Instagram, you can find our link at Be Boomer Unleashed and on Twitter at Be Boomer Unleash One. And as always, we encourage you to drop us an email at Be Boomer Unleashed at gmail.com. Once again, that's Be Boomer Unleashed at gmail.com with your comments, questions, criticisms, and suggestions for future episodes. And as always, if you'd like to be on the Bee Boomer Unleashed podcast or know some friend of yours that should be on this podcast sharing a good news story, then drop us a line and tell us who would like to be on the show and what you'd like to talk about, and we'll do our best to get you on the program. Well, today's episode, like I said, is part two of a two-part episode we started last week with Marianna Ball. Uh, talking about um, a little bit about her life. We learned a little bit about Mariana and her love for ballet and how that led to the making of a documentary uh, about the Charleston Ballet and Andre Von Damme. Well, when we finished up uh, last week's episode, Mariana was telling us about uh, a little bit about Andre Von Damme and what brought he and his family to this country. So we're going to try to pick up just about where we left off with last week's episode. So without further ado, let's go to that recorded interview now. Andre Von Damme is a native of Brussels, Belgium, and he was born into a military family there who didn't necessarily want him to pursue dance, but he... He decided to instead. I mean, he still had a slight military career because he grew up when World War II hit. So he was drafted into into the army, into the Belgian National Army, and was was a Nazi resistance fighter. He he was part of the underground arms network against the Nazis in Brussels with his wife Maggie, and he he had his first kid while they were fighting the Nazis as well, but still danced during all of that, during during all of World War II. He was the premier dancer étoile at the Belgian Royal Opera House Ballet. So that's first star dancer. That's the highest rank you can get in that company. And then after World War II, he and his wife necessarily didn't want to stay in Brussels because of all of the post-war political unrest. And so with the help of some American friends he had made during the war, he and his wife and first child flew to New York and then from there moved to West Charleston, West Virginia. There was already a pretty large uh, Belgian community there from the glass blowing communities in all of the chemical factories. And with a large budding art scene with all of these European and, and international 
people moving into Charleston because of these industrial jobs and the symphony that had been founded, they decided to open up a ballet school. And Maggie taught French, his wife Maggie taught French, Andre taught ballet, and there were some piano teachers, the Hirsus, that taught piano and played music for the class. And in 1956, he decided to just add a company in addition to his school, and the ballets performed continually since then. So we are one of the 10 oldest continually running companies in the U.S. And until I watched this video, I had no idea. I, you know, I thought, you know, <laughs> Charleston Ballet, what's well, this little podunk group up here in Kanawha? And I, I had no idea of the yeah. of the rich history there of that ballet. And it was very informative and, and very interesting. My wife and I both were intrigued uh, as we watched the video and and i'll be honest with you we watched it more than once and <laughs> uh of course it made it special because you were you were involved in it tell us a little bit about the production of this thing i mean i, I know you didn't go out just with an iphone and shoot some stuff uh, and uh, put it together on uh, you know uh, a home computer or something obviously there was some professional help with that and and how do you how do you get something like that started, Mary? Money. Yeah, <laughs> <We didn't>, right. <laughs> we didn't have much of it, really. So this was a lot of. Um, it's it's really expensive to make a make a documentary, and so we we had a few grants that we had behind us, but really not as much that necessarily we wanted. So it was a lot of. A lot of volunteering from people, a lot of using our own monies or people giving and lending us things to help us with the production. It was really um, a lot of effort from a lot of people to help make this happen. And we we did have a professional camera and lighting crew, professional editing. We all had that, and that was covered with, with grant money. But it was... It's it's a lot of work to do this, um, and then with PBS's help, we got it aired on on West Virginia PBS. And did you have some help from the West Virginia Humanities Council too? I mean, were they involved in that in any way? Yeah, I I we had a grant from them and from the Division of Arts and Culture, um, a few private uh, donations, but a lot of help from from the state. To, to get this off and running. Did you hit your mom up for a donation? I got to know. You know I got to ask. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. <laughs> she, she was covering my gas driving to, there and, you from, go. to and from Charles. Well, she's been your number one fan. I know. Yes. And you, you've had, yeah. you had great parents. You're blessed with great parents who were supportive of, uh, of your efforts there and uh, dancing. So, what was the role that you played on, uh, I mean, what was your job in putting this production together? I was the associate producer, so I did everything that needed to be done that no one else was doing. So, I mean, it ranged from documenting the archival photos, making a record of all of that, to picking up lunch for people, right. or putting quarters in parking meters. I mean, it was... It was everything that needed to be done. That was my that was my job. I sat in to test the lights, so I would I would sit in the interview chair and have 
all of the lights go on around me, I'd help find background shots, intercut shots, things like that. Um, making sure people filled out their release forms, collecting them, documenting all of that, transcribing interviews. I think I did, oh goodness, a few hours worth of transcribing interviews. I'll bet you um, did. <laughs> I'll bet you did. And about 2,000 photos documented, at least 2,000 photos documented with who they were from, you know, what what the subject was, what the ballet was, if it was a ballet, what year it was taken, if I could find that out, um, who was in the photo for credits and all of that, finding people to be interviewed, making sure they would show up to their interview, picking up people to be interviewed, um, just anything that I had to do, that was my job. <laughs> well, there were some pretty, um, uh, some people who came through the Charleston Ballet Mm-hmm. Went there were a lot of them went on to lead very successful lives in other areas and even in the arts, weren't there? Yes. And um, uh, go ahead. Oh no, <laughs> go ahead. But uh, they, uh, you know, there's. I think that the ballet um, uh, is more than just dance. I think it. Um, I guess, well, it would have to become a part of your life. I know my son was a competitive ice skater. He was a pair skater, and his life was just, you know, consumed with that. And and uh, it has to become a part of your life and a, and, a, and a real dedication. I mean, you've got to kind of dedicate yourself to it, don't you? Oh, absolutely. And it's not just if you want to be a professional dancer, you know, for a much a, a larger company, it's just you you find yourself drawn to it, and, and if you really love it, even as a recreational student, um, and I found this in our we have a Tuesday beginning adult class, so people just can walk in who have never taken class before, and I've I've seen people just kind of become well, you know, how can I do this step better? How can I how can I do this better? I was looking up these, this this ballet or this dancer the other day, and I saw them do do this. Do you think I can work towards doing that? And I mean, these these people have, you know, normal nine to five jobs or things like that. It's just you find yourself drawn to drawn to the art or the activity. I think it's like with your son and ice skating. It's across all mediums, but it's just it's it's a magnet. It connects to you in a deeper way more than just an hour and a half class and a two-hour rehearsal. Well, you know, if you ever do a ballet about Shrek, I'm your guy, okay? <laughs> I'm your guy. Uh, but uh, I admire folks who, who, who give that a, give that a try, and and it's uh, it's incredible. Well, not only did you all provide uh, information for this documentary, and not only did you do that, but it sounds to me like as you were going along, you all provided a pretty good service for the Charleston Ballet, just uh, labeling and organizing their archive. Probably it was just in a bunch of boxes when you started, wasn't it? It was pretty well organized um, by the director herself. Actually, we probably made a bit of a mess of it. <laughs> <laughs> that she, that's that's not her her her, organ, her personal organization system. But what was really nice was seeing the people who brought in their own 
photographs and and things like that. There are there are three women who were in the original company in 1956 that will still come to take class with us. Wow! Every week, and one of them brought four suitcases full of photos. Oh my goodness! And things she's collected. She had collected from it. She was in um, Petrushka, which is a ballet originally choreographed and performed by Vaslav Nijinsky, a famous Russian dancer. And she was, Andre Van Damme was Petrushka, the main doll, and she was the ballerina doll. She had all kinds of pictures from that performance. She had like a snippet from the costume that she wore. And it was amazing seeing these people light up bringing all of these memories back to life not just in the interview but you know just talking about it (laughs) so that was that was the best part the first ballet i watched you in i think was maybe the nutcracker and uh, (laughs) i don't remember you know i'm not i don't remember whether you were a mouse or what you were but i mean you were just a little tiny thing And, uh, but what's, what is your favorite ballet that you have had the opportunity to perform in, Mary? What's your favorite role? Oh, gosh. (laughs) That's always the hard question. Um, One of my favorites that I've gotten to perform is an original choreography by Kim Polly, our director, mm-hmm. to Gershwin's Rhapsody in Blue. Oh, yeah. Just because it's it's such a fun, fun, fun piece, energetic. It doesn't stop for the whole 20 minutes, really. And we did that for the 60th anniversary. So I hope we'll get to do it soon since that's been a bit of been a been a bit since we've done it. Okay. But I've loved the classical ballets we've done, too, since those are my favorite. You know, the right. Nutcracker is always fun, especially because we get to perform it with the West Virginia Symphony, because we're the only we're the only place in the state that performs with live music right. for, for the Nutcracker. It's really rare um, for even bigger companies to perform with with a full orchestra. So I, I, I love Nutcracker, especially for that. And Christmas is my favorite time of the oh, year. Yeah. So, and I've always been that. impressed. I've seen that several times, the Charleston Ballet, and I've, I've always, been, uh, always been impressed with that. Um, well, tell us about this experience. You are an honest-to-goodness Emmy winner, and uh, you've got this big gold statue uh, that uh, that you have, and and uh, tell us about that night, and uh, tell us about tell us about what that was all about, and and tell us about that night, and um, tell us about uh, you know, did you ever expect to be the recipient of an Emmy? Did you ever think it would lead to this? And when it did, tell us about that night and and the events leading up to that. I never expected to get an Emmy. <laughs> oh gosh, never ever. Um, even when we were making this, and I knew I knew we had a, a good a good piece, especially under the conditions it was made in. And I, I, but I looked at the other nominees for the Emmys since we all registered to renew or or to create um, a member with the National Academy. Um, 
and we we all submitted and waited for that and we got through the first round and that was that was interesting because deb um deb gets nervous about hearing if we've we've made it to to emmy night and so i was in kroger getting groceries and she had me listen to the live stream of of the finalists <laughs> for the emmy so i was in the produce section of kroger with my phone up to my ear trying to hear if we made the made the final made made it to the last round and i dropped my apples that i was picking when i <laughs> when i heard we we were going to go to the emmys and so i went my mom went my aunt came with us my boyfriend came miss polly and her husband were there deb and uh, deb was there uh the rest of our production crew was there we had it, and it was in Louisville we, for the Ohio Valley Emmy Awards. We went to Louisville in, I think, the Marriott downtown. So it was a pretty fancy, um, pretty fancy setup. And it was disco themed. <laughs> so there were <laughs> disco balls everywhere. Wow. And we had our we had our table. And I got kind of excited because it was right up in the front next to some stairs to the stage. So I, I leaned over to Deb. We sat next to each other. And I was like, is this a good sign? You know, we're right next to the stairs. That's not a long walk to go up there and say an acceptance speech. And she went, oh, you know, don't don't say anything. Don't jinx anything. <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was really cold in there. And the the ceremony is really long. It is, it's really, it's several hours of just, listing a name and clapping and listening to a speech. And so we were there, I think three fourths of the way through 10 pages of awards. And I had taken my mom's sweater because the dress I wore was sleeveless and our category came up and Matt, my boyfriend said, you're going to, you're going to be called up there, take your sweater off. So you don't have to wait when, you know, you don't take as long as of time to walk up there. And I said, no, it's really cold, and I don't think we're going to get it. I, I want to keep the sweater on. <laughs> and, he, and he got really huffy. I was like, okay, fine, you know, take a long time to walk up there. And then they called out our names for oh our awards. And I just still sat there for a while until I was pushed out of my chair to walk up there on the stage. And you don't have very long to, to make an acceptance speech. And I, I didn't say anything. Deb said, uh, Deb spoke for us all. And I just, I, I don't really think I was really aware of everything that was going on. I was just on a stage and people were clapping for me. <laughs> it, but it wasn't like ballet, you know. I was just standing there. And then you get ushered backstage very quickly. And you're given one award on the stage. And I thought that was it, you know. You just get one, one statue for the whole group. It's like, oh. You know, that's really nice. I wonder who will keep it. And then they handed everyone our own box. And our own box was with our own statue. Wow. And my, I was like, oh, my gosh. I have a statue with my name on it. <laughs> <laughs> and on the bottom, it's it, it says, and it has its own fine print, that this is my statue, and it's only my statue. I can't sell it. No one can sell it for me. It's for my heirs. This is my statue. <laughs> wow. Well, I, I got to tell you, Mariana, you're the 
only Emmy Award winner I've ever interviewed on the B Boomer Unleashed <laughs> podcast. So I mean, I am, I am honored for sure. And uh, wow, that that is just so exciting. Now, y'all, y'all won the Emmy, but you got some other awards too, didn't you? Yes, we we entered it into we entered the documentary into several film festivals, uh, really all around the world. We went to one in in Napa, so that was my first time in California. I got to go to a film festival in Napa where we got uh, Best Professional Award. We went to Houston and won there. Um, some smaller ones like a Pikeville Festival, uh, some in North Carolina and Maryland. But my personal favorite was the uh, West Europe International Film Festival, which believe it or not, was in Brussels. So that was that was extra special that we got to see um, Andre's hometown. And we did win there. We won in Brussels. Well, that's, just, that's just amazing. That's amazing. Future plans? What do you got planned there, Miss Mary? Oh, right now, writing my dissertation. Yeah. <laughs> writing my dissertation for school. And I normally like to be a planner, but I think right now I'm just going to focus on things one thing at a time. Just get through get through a 70-page paper due yeah. in September. <laughs> and, and what will this degree be in, young lady? This is for my master's in dance philosophy and history from the University of Roehampton. So this is my this is my degree thanks to the Fulbright. Wow. Do you plan you have any plans to be a teacher, a director of a ballet sometime, or are you just just gonna do dance for fun? What 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 do you think? Um, I, I'm not sure. Deb wants me to get a PhD with her, so we'll see about that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well I'll tell you what. It's exciting. I'm excited for you and uh, uh you're uh, this boyfriend is he like a fiance now, or is it still no. just a, still just a boyfriend? <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. so you you haven't signed any contract then yet, huh? No, no, don't well, plan on that. Okay, for a while. well, you know good and well that we'll have to have an interview committee for anybody that uh, marries you. You know that, right? <laughs> so we'll have to we'll have to do that. Um, if somebody wanted to see this. Video is there a way for them to see it now? Are there DVDs out there available anywhere, or can it be found online or um, through PBS? Or uh, how could someone see it if they wanted to? Yeah, I think it is on the PBS website, um, and sometimes it'll pop up on air. Uh, they don't really tell us anymore when that's happening. They just they just throw it on for us at PBS. Um, but you can also order a DVD from the Charleston Ballet, and we'll ship it to you. Oh, good. Uh, you, oh, yeah, from the – it's thecharlestonballet.com. Okay. Or you could just Google, you know, Charleston Ballet, West Virginia, and it'll pop up. But you can order DVDs through through the ballet, and we'll mail it to you directly. Okay, so thecharlestonballet.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I, you know – I suggest that everybody buys a copy of this and that they take it home and watch it. If you have any interest at all in West Virginia and the arts in particular, because it is just very, very well done. 
and I am so very proud of you and the other folks who, who worked on the project. So, uh, Mariana, uh, wow, what a what a thrill talking to you, and it's been <laughs> it's been extra special for me because I've I've watched you grow up from that little bitty girl that was uh, jumping around in that little tutu to the beautiful young lady that you've <laughs> become, and an Emmy Award winner. So, I really appreciate uh, the opportunity to talk with you. Thank you so much for coming on the show, and you tell your friend Deb that if she'd like to come on the show and talk a bit about something, anything, I don't care. If it's, <laughs> as long as it's a good news story, I'd be glad to talk to her, too. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Well, listen, young lady, thanks again, and uh, we'll be talking with you soon, okay? Okay, thanks so much. Okay. Well, that concludes our interview with Mariana Ball about... Uh, her adventure towards uh, getting that Emmy and uh, making that documentary. That's really exciting. Hometown girl, little girl, grew up right around Barbersville, West Virginia here, and she's had a lot of experiences that she'll remember for a lifetime. Well, uh, I hope you'll share this with your friends. I hope if uh, you enjoyed it that you'll share it with your friends and and invite them to listen to all of our broadcasts. We'll be back soon with another interview from another person with another good news story, and we're looking forward to that and looking forward to being with you again. Like I always say, almost always say anyway, it'd be pretty boring to do this podcast if I knew that there was absolutely no one listening, but uh, I know there is, and I appreciate our faithful audience who listens in week after week after week, and uh, we look forward to being with you each and every week as well. Well, we hope you'll join us for our next episode, but until then, have a great week, and may God bless each and every one of you. Goodbye. Goodbye.